hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin and Phil Golfie. Yes, good morning once again. 905-575-7700 is the phone number to call. Again, that's 905-575-7700. Call the Golfie team today. You know that Golfie gets it sold. Go online to robgolfie.com. Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. They're all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can search them out at Rob Golfie. And if you haven't done so already, download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. If you have a topic idea, we have some good topics today, but if you have an idea for a future program or a question for the Golfie team, send us an email, questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. We have a story a little later on in the program revolving around an individual who wanted to buy a house and the person's car, and the trade-off was a cat. So I'll explain a little later on in the show. We'll also talk about the uh, first-time homebuyers program. Uh, Liberal leader and Prime Minister uh, Justin Trudeau has some uh, promises as uh, we're in the, the midst of an election campaign, has some promises regarding that program. But we'll start with reverse mortgages. We had a heated discussion even before the show. Off and now that the, now that the mics are on, I'm sure the, uh, the heat will not subside. Uh, reverse mortgages, we see the commercials on TV. I'm sure they're on radio and newspapers, magazines, uh, online, obviously. Uh, it seems to be a pretty big thing. Yeah, they're becoming wildly popular, especially in Canada. So I, w- I just want to compare a contrast between a, a reverse mortgage and a refinance mortgage. Okay. So a, re- a reverse mortgage, if you're 55 or older, you can borrow as much as 55% of the value of your home, and you do not have to pay your principal payment or interest on that money. Okay. okay? Yep. So the average interest rate for a reverse mortgage is 5.74%. In comparison to a, a, a conventional refinance mortgage, would would probably be around your your two point five to three percent in today's market. Mm-hmm. So what's happening is people are taking out the, these reverse mortgages on their properties on 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 and, and up to fifty five percent of the value of their home, and and they're not having to pay mortgage interest or or principal payment on that home until until they die. So the the equity or the or the sale of the property when they die from the estate would then pay out the remainder of that mortgage. Okay, so we we have a we have a scenario here, and it and it states that a borrower who took out a reverse mortgage of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars at an interest rate of five point seven percent would owe one hundred and ninety nine thousand five years later. Okay, a home worth seven hundred and fifty thousand when the reverse mortgage was taken out would be worth. 869000 five years later, assuming a, a 3% annual income price appreciation. So it just shows you that this reverse mortgage is eating up at the equity of your house. So in the end, you know, it, it, it's described as a last resort use or a last resort practice to, to be able to save you from from whatever, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's, whether it's, you know, you know, from foreclosure or whatever. Some people are having that problem in their in their old age, you know, of making mortgage payments and, and struggling to, to carry the you know, the house right. that, that they're 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 looking towards reverse mortgages. And you know, 
when you break it down and you, you start to look at the numbers, it doesn't make sense, right? It's it's not. It's, it's, it's not it's not good right. for it's not good for somebody that's retired uh, they're better off uh, like think about it from a hundred was that 150 thousand to to 199 or fifty thousand to uh, two hundred thousand it's, it's 50 on a hundred fifty thousand is fifty thousand dollars in five years five years that's a lot of money like you it's 10 grand a year th- no it's more than that in five years and the, five, the thing about this is thousand dollars added interest so that's going to eat up in your equity. Yeah. So let's say, you know, like we were saying, let's say you, you have a $300,000 house mm-hmm. and you borrow 150. Right. In in 5 years, you're going to with inflation and everything, yeah. you're going to owe more than 300,000. Right. And right, cause, yeah, because it's principal and interest. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's right. And yeah. it's compounded every month, so yeah. the, the interest just keeps adding up, and it's at a higher interest rate. Yeah. So, and I and I know, you know, I see the commercials on TV, and I don't think like I don't know, I I couldn't I couldn't endorse anything like that because knowing that a lot of seniors, I mean they they're limited on income what they have, sure. and and if they go into this reverse mortgage situation, in my opinion, they're 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 going to be crying at the end of well, it. Well, I think I think the big banks haven't even touched it. Like you you cannot go into any of the of the big banks and ask for a reverse mortgage. They don't even offer them. Mm-hmm. Right? They'll they'll it's the publicity's it's, bad for them. That's why. But, it is. It's not good publicity for the major banks to do this. They they will get eaten up and chewed up with all the bad media on this. Right. And but and do you think if the big banks jumped on this, would those other players or the ones that currently offer reverse mortgages, would the interest rate not decline because there's more competition? It, it well, would, the, the you know why I, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I think the big banks just don't want to get involved with something like that. Um, this is actually taking, taking advantage of seniors that are in, that are having struggling. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a senior and yeah, I understand cash flow is tight. You got Canada pension and you got old age pension, right? Let's say, because you start collecting that at 65 and it's limited of how much, and it depends how much you worked throughout your life. And, you know, so what, if you're only collecting, let's say 1500 or a thousand dollars a month combined it's not enough to carry a house because taxes are going to be yeah. about four or five thousand yep. that's if your house is paid for you yeah. need food and, and you know gas and, and car it doesn't cover so people go well i want to still live where i am but they don't understand they're they're still living in their house able to you know cut the lawn and everything else but what happens after they have to move from their house to an old age home, they're going to have zero dollars once once uh, the reverse mor- mortgage companies take over. Yeah. So now they're not going to be able to stay in a in an old age home that's like me- a mediocre yeah. old age home. So it, it it sucks a lot of their a lot of their equity. They're they're better off in, in selling their house, going to uh, a financial person. Um, like at one of the major banks, they, I, I'm not sure what they charge for uh, fees when when you do an investment. So you got to be careful with that, and then live off on. on so you got now you got your pe- Canada pension, your old age pension, and then you can live off on some of the equity buildup or the from interest the that you're making from your equity from your house. So now you, you went from a thousand or fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred a month. Yeah. Find a place to rent, and it is cheap. I know it's tough to find a place to rent. Um, but there, there's ways to do it, and it just people just need the resources to find out. And, mm-hmm. and and you know, and seniors, if they don't have kids to help them out, uh, that that are you know energetic and willing to do the research, they uh, they, they end up falling into the traps of these things. And right. and then all of a sudden, once you sign on the dotted line, you are done, and that's it. It's just uh, they would another option be refinancing. Obviously, that's going to depend it, on the yeah, person so, in the house. So the the refinancing financing option it. it, it you're qualified by your income, right? Not by your the amount of what your your what house the is worth. Is, right. So so that's the difference, right? If you if you're just if you're collecting the minimum, 
you're not going to have the income to support you know a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar mortgage or five hundred thousand dollar mortgage even though your house is worth you know eight or nine completely right. paid for the bank just wouldn't be able to lend that money to you because it, it you wouldn't be able to afford the monthly payments but so this results you know what a reverse a reverse mortgage it doesn't it doesn't go based off your income it goes based off of how much your house is worth and and basically they'll come and give you an appraisal and they'll give you they'll be able to lend 55% of that value. So that's where the disconnect is and that's where some people would 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 resort to the reverse mortgage and, and in hindsight, you know, you can you see lose. where you'll lose. In, in hindsight, it would be attractive to some people who wouldn't qualify under that under that um, you know, the 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 refinance umbrella, mm -hmm. right? But but and the reality is, you know, it's a it's 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 not a good solution for for having debt. Yeah, you know, or, or or going into your retirement with with a ton of debt, it's it's just it's just not good. They're they're, all, they're only going to allow you to borrow thirty to thirty five percent of your income, gross income. So if you're collecting, you know, let's say a total of fifteen hundred dollars a month in pension, um, you're only going to uh, you calculate times that by twelve, and uh, and then and and it's thirty five percent of that for the year. So whatever a mortgage can carry that. It, it might be like a hundred and fifty thousand yeah, or hundred it's not that much. But I, I think if you're at if you're looking at the reverse mortgage situation, um, I think you've got to look at other avenues and see what you can do to maybe borrow money, whatever you can afford. But but if you're at the reverse mortgage situation, I think it's it's time for you to probably move to a different way of living, mm -hmm. maybe into uh, an apartment or, or something because it's going to eat up all your equity. Like for instance, right now, you know, if you got a house that's worth five hundred thousand, you bore two two hundred and fifty, and it's showed since 19, 1960 till now, every ten years, houses have doubled, right? So now, if you are like right now, you buy, you you get a reverse mortgage of two hundred fifty thousand, you got a five hundred thousand dollar property, and Ten years from now, it's going to be worth a million dollars. You're going to owe a million dollars. You got yeah. zero. You're going to you sell it in ten years. You will have nothing to show for for it, and uh, and then you're going to be going. Oh, what happened? And you could have used that money to live a better lifestyle down the road. And and the thing is, most people, if they need a reverse mortgage, even though you get this big lump of, lump sum of money. They're not disciplined enough to to, to make this thing uh, span out over years. Right, they're going to they, go on vacation. They're going to yeah. go on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. The money's never going to end. But yeah. then that then then they end up selling it and then they end up losing. It's just it's just it's it's a terrible situation, you know. And uh, you know they're showing these commercials on TV. And you know, they're, everybody's all happy. Yeah, they're happy the day they get the check, you know. But then after <laughs> they don't show not, them twenty years yeah, down the road. But they're not happy after yeah. uh, after about six months to a year. Is this as popular in the U.S. as it is here? I think it's more popular there. I don't know. Like I, 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 don't I haven't know. seen the commercials there. But anything that comes to Canada is always we, we learn yeah. it from the U.S. Yeah. So so it it's to me. I, I think there's alternative ways, and uh, I think you have to be really really think about. Uh, what option to do. So there's, you know, a couple options. Okay, yeah, if you want to go to reverse mortgage, you know, you're at a desperate situation. Mm -hmm. Think about maybe renting something. I know you want to stay in your house and you want to... That's what know. the big part is, is. Is the type of person that would want this reverse mortgage would be somebody who would want to stay in their in their house. They've right? been there, right. they've been there their whole life. Yeah. They, they, they don't want to move. They don't want to move. They don't want to move. And, 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 and what happens is, you know, you, you look at some of the big Burlington, Oakville, Mississauga properties... The property taxes are, have become so high that, you know, when they're on a fixed income, 
you know, everything else, the cost of living is going up, but their their fixed income stays the same, and and they get in the situation where where they've fallen behind, and and now they're looking, you know, for a last resort to to be able to pick them up and get them back on their feet, and yeah. and they're resorting to to this style of mortgage, and it's just it's. It you just know, buys them time. Yeah, it just right. buys them another. It just keeps them in their home for another three to five yeah, years, yeah. and then yeah. after that, now they're they they've exhausted all their financials. Now they want to sell the house, and now they got no equity left. Yeah. They they're they're done. It's pretty scary. So. When we come back, a federal election is in full swing, and real estate boards are asking the federal candidates to loosen the mortgage stress test. We'll get into that and a whole lot more still to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on nine hundred CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can find them online at robgolfie.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700, at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure to like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. If you have a question or a topic idea for a future program, email the Golfie team. The email address is questions at robgolfie.com, questions at robgolfie.com. And download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Still to come, Liberal leader Justin Trudeau promising to boost the first-time home buyers program. But we'll get to our next topic here. The federal election is in full swing, and real estate boards are asking federal candidates to loosen the mortgage stress test. So it's been around for... Uh, well, I think a couple just of years. Yeah, is it, is yeah. They they've been wanting to loosen it since the since it started. Yeah, <laughs> since the inception of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it, it more affects the people on the Toronto Real Estate Board and, and with those higher home prices right. than it affects us. I mean, it's going to affect everybody in in at different in, levels. In, yeah. yeah, at different levels in some way or in another. But I think they've in Toronto they've seen the biggest impact on the stress test. I mean, in our situation, we we don't we see it, but it's not. It, it's not killing deals, right? No. It, it may be one out of every 100, but in Toronto, it's it, it might be closer to you know 15 to 20 percent. Right. I don't know. I can't speak for those for those numbers, but when we when people come out and talk about the stress test, it's, it's always geared towards you know the, the, the Toronto real estate market and 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 affecting those those buyers mm-hmm. than it is you know towards our our situation. So uh, for for new listeners to the program, so the stress test was introduced in 2018. It requires potential buyers, even those with a down payment of 20 percent or more, to qualify for a mortgage at a rate two percent higher than they will actually pay the bank or two percentage points higher than the Bank of Canada's five-year rate, whichever one is higher. But Phil mentioned that, uh, you know, in the GTA, in Vancouver as well, it did its job. It cooled the market. So now that the markets have been cooled, uh, for lack of a better term, it's probably time to say, hey, you know, it did its job. Let's move on now. I I think it was cool. The market was cooling down anyway. They seem to get in. Yeah, that's right. They seem to get in. They got it at the tail end of the market. Exactly. Just like like, uh, the wind government uh, in 2017, what did they introduce? The foreign buyer's tax. The foreign buyer's tax. The market was already uh, cooling down anyway. And even that foreign buyer's tax, like the foreign buyer represents such a minuscule, yeah, like like less than a fraction of a percent in terms of people purchasing homes. And, you know, it it, it, it captured headlines, and, and I remember saying this. It, it captured headlines. It was a huge buzz 
buzz headline that that got everybody worried and and everybody talking about the housing market but when you peel it back and you start to look at the actual statistics and numbers you know the effect that 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 would have on our market would would be so small yeah. but i think it got people worried enough to kind of step out of the step out of the home buying process or step out of the market and have a sit and wait approach and see what happened and when you have you know when that results in multiple buyer pools shrinking and 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 less shoppers results in you know less homes being right. sold and and you know you went from that you know those big multiple offer situations to you know allowing people to negotiate i mean for 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 some people it it was awesome it was amazing it allowed you know first time home buyers to get into the market and not have to compete and but but for some other name you know for some people who who've lived in their home forever that was hoping for that big sale price they were extremely frustrated because they saw their neighbor getting 100,000 and now you know they're they're on the market for for you know uh, significantly so less. less value yeah. so i mean we we've we've caught up to those 2017 numbers when we've you know we were we were getting those huge numbers um sale prices that were were completely out of the ordinary and, and you know completely off off the charts we've we've finally caught up to them where it's where it's now we're, we're back so in some areas house, though in some areas in caledonia uh i looked back a couple of years and there was one house that sold over a million dollars in two years in caledonia hmm. now this one guy he paid i think 1.2 million for this house in 2017 now, now, it bad choice. Now he's he's listed under a million right now. So wow. the guy's already in yeah. for over two hundred and fifty thousand of loss of equity in his in his home. Um, so so I don't know. It's just uh, you know the government when they get involved, they get involved too late. Right. And uh, if they if they wanted to do you know good things like. It's just it's just terrible how they they get they get involved when it's just way too late and you know and they think they're doing a good thing for the public and they, now now there's going to be good things coming out because of the election. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, it'll there'll be promises at this point. Um, one of the other things that all these real estate boards, uh, which included those in Toronto, Calgary, Vancouver, and Edmonton, and a few out east as well, including Quebec and Nova Scotia, but uh, they're calling on the reinstatement of the 30-year mortgage amortization, right. which now it's 25? You is, can get 30. Top? You can still get 30. You can, you can get little... 30 right now, but you have to, I believe there's different lending criteria under the 30-year. I think you have to have uh, a 20% down payment to get that 30-year okay. mortgage. Um, but but you can get it you can get it right now under under some circumstances I know I know you can for sure okay yeah so so, with that, that, so, they, so again you have to have they're not helping the first time buyer I I, I think most most first time buyers don't have twenty percent right but right. they do need the thirty year amortization because that's going to lower in, the payments in, in the UK yes. and England you can get a hundred year amortization. And pass it, pass the mortgage that's amazing. to your kids. That's a weenie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, imagine kidding. because imagine because a mortgage payment eighty five bucks a wow, month yes. mortgage hey, payment. Yeah. Can you imagine the market? I mean, yeah. imagine oh, the market insane. if it it would be incredible. And then insane. go yeah. and then go to your friends. Guess what? I only got seventy five years left on my mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's but, unreal. But they, I, you know what? The like thirty a, year amortization would be less than our cell phone bills. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. No kidding. But but the seventy five uh, the hundred. Uh, Excuse me. The 30-year amortization yeah. for a first-time buyer is perfect. Now, we just got to help them with their down payment. Right. That's it. So So in addition to that, uh, they also want, or these real estate boards, want to replace the $750 first-time home buyer's tax credit 
with a $2,500 non-refundable one instead. I don't get the non-refundable. It, the tax credit and refundable, non-refundable, is that the same thing? You get it back at the end of the year when I you get, do your taxes. Yeah. Oh, but, right, right. But, but, but that's more money in your yeah. jeans yeah. to put uh, towards whatever you're going to do. But, but people need it on closing. Yes. That's what they right. need it for, not not, not after, after the taxes. Fact. Yeah. The, the, the first-time buyer needs it the day they close the deal. So, yeah, so I, 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 I was right. You can get a 30-year mortgage today, right now, if you mm -hmm. have more than 20% down. Okay. But you have to have twenty percent or more down on your on your on your house on your purchase to get the thirty right. years. So that if doesn't help the first. No, if, if, if you're less, if you're less, then it's twenty five years. It's a CMHC rule. Rick, if you got twenty percent down, you don't need the thirty years. You yeah. can do the twenty five yeah, years. Yeah. So you know what? Maybe if, it's a little bit of an incentive to put the more money down up front. Where where think about it. If somebody's thinking, sure. if yeah. somebody's thinking, you know what? I don't want to. I only want to put ten percent down. I want to have a little bit money in the bank. And then, you know, there's almost that incentive. Well, if you put 20, uh, uh, 20% down, you have, you know, your, your, your mortgage payment's going to be much smaller because yeah. not only are you another 10% down, but you're also a, a five years longer on your right, mortgage. Right. So I can, I can see that it's a little bit of, uh, of an in incentive and it's a big swing once you take off that CMHC as well. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, it changes your, your entire mortgage. Um, and, and. You know, I think it's, I think it's, it's hard. It's crazy. You, you know, 20, 20% 20 down as a money. first time buyer yeah. with no built up equity from a sale of property is, is very yeah. difficult. With student for, debt. Yeah. Maybe with car everything. Payments, yeah. Well, you know, you, you know, you know what that's perfect for the senior. Let's say you got a senior that's yeah. 80 years old. Give them a 50 year mortgage. I know they're not going to live for another 50 years, but the payments are going to be low. They're yeah. still making payments. Yeah. The banks are making money. Yeah. And then when the house sells, the banks get paid out. Everybody's happy. And all that. That would, that would that's, solve the reverse mortgage problem. That would, That'll solve the that reverse would. mortgage problem. So so 50, that's how the bank should get into yeah, it, is yeah. get a 50-year mortgage. And so the payments are low enough that they can afford to stay there for another 5 to 20 years. Uh, you mentioned CMHC. So Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation is maintaining uh, in the past that the mortgage stress tests are needed to prevent property price inflation. Do you buy that? What's that? Say that again. So <laughs> CMHC says that we need the mortgage stress test to prevent property price inflation. Yeah. So I, I think I think the, the whole purpose of the stress test was to protect ourselves against rising interest rates, right? right? Because we went through that huge period where, where you know, we, we were expecting interest rates to rise to a lot more than what they are today. Right. There was, a, there was a period in time where, you know, they're going up to 5%, 6%, you know, last year. Like we were talking about it. Yep. They haven't gone up to that, but I think it was a way to protect ourselves to make sure that if they did go up, we were we we're in a position to to be able to support that interest yeah. rate. Now, I don't think if, if you were to loosen the stress test or take the stress test away, I still don't think all those buyers or, or Yeah, the market's know, not gonna it's explode, not gonna right? explode. Yeah. And and I and it was it was the same thing. It's you know, it's it's not gonna be a switch that you flick on and off and and you know, if it was, it would be very bad for our economy, very mm -hmm. bad for the housing market. But I just think the you know Especially it being an election year, a lot of people, even in a lot of the conversations that I have with sellers, you know, they'll, they'll ask me like, you know, what effect is this? Or what about this? Or, you know, should I expect my house to increase in value due to this, you know, first time home? And, and my, my, I always say, you know, it's, it's great. It captures headlines. It creates a buzz, but you know, you're everybody in the housing market moves together, yeah. right? It's not like your house is going to be any different. So my, my response to this this gentleman who asked me this, I said, if it does affect you, I go, you're still buying in the same market. So if your house goes up in value, well, so is the house that you're moving to. Mm -hmm. It's going to go up in value. I go, it's not like your your house is the only one that's going to go up in value due to the you know first time buyers. You know what I mean? And right. and and 
and that sort of thing. So it's it's hard to predict, but I, a lot of this stuff, it just creates buzz. It catches headlines. It allows, it gives us something to talk about on the show. Yeah. But in the end, it's it doesn't. It's not going to be a whirlwind of of a real estate market due to you know the implementation of these platforms. Yeah. I don't know how closely you two have been following the federal election campaign, but one of the you know hot topics going in, uh, you know, besides climate change and you know the economy and <laughs> healthcare, which are, which are the yeah. usual, or is the affordability. Yeah. And aside from you know the first time homebuyers tax credit. I mean, there hasn't really been a big thrust of, hey, this is an idea that will, you know, uh, entice a lot of first time homebuyers to get in or, or save a lot of people a lot of money. I think it's, I think it's the, they're very fringe on, on the affordability topic. It's very, it's very, they, they'll, they'll mention it, they'll highlight it, but I don't think it's, it's something that either, either party has really dove into and come out with a plan or a platform that, that allows, you know, citizens of Ontario or Canada to be comfortable with what what they're saying i think you know once you get into affordability i think you know they've done a really good job in in allowing building permits and and the opportunity to build you know condos and create that affordability housing but there's still not enough right yeah. this is something that that they're probably 10 years behind on it's, it's something that should have been should have been done you know decades ago and, and we should have been able to support you know the amount of the you know and i'm not saying that hamilton should have a bunch of high high-rise condos but you know they should, Maybe right? They should. Because if if you can move in, you know there's just not a lot of opportunities for first time homebuyers to yeah. live in the city for an affordable price. But all of a sudden, if you got 20, 30 condos that are already built, now now we're playing, we're in a mode where we're playing catch up. And I think that goes into you know rental suites and it gets into you know your your dense you know your dense populations. We're 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 finally starting to catch up on it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. If you have a, a question or topic idea for the Golfie team, you can email questions at robgolfie.com. Call the team anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter and uh, a great Facebook page as well. So still on the federal election uh, kind of beats, um, Liberal leader Justin Trudeau promising to to expand the first-time homebuyers incentive program and implement a national vacancy tax on homes to help curb foreign speculation in the housing market if the Liberals are again re-elected in October. So the uh, incentive program, the first-time homebuyers incentive program, first announced in this year's budget, uh, covers home values up to $789,000. It replaces the current cap of four hundred and eighty dollars and uh, the proposed expansion of the program does not apply to areas outside of those three markets, being the GTA, Vancouver, or Victoria. So he's really honing in on those three specific markets. And uh, regarding the vacancy tax, promising a 1% annual vacancy wow. tax to be levied on non-resident, non-Canadian owners. So really targeting those yes. foreign buyers the that we've seen in buyers, Vancouver, yeah. especially. And I think I think that's a huge problem. I think that if you if you did that, you would see, you know, would it be ignored a one percent tax? Maybe right at the end of the day, if you're a billionaire yeah. in China, and 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 it's one percent. You know, right? we live in a we live in a situation where condo owners would rather sell you know forty units to to one person than, and and that's who they advertise to. Yeah. If there's there's you know a, a real estate investment trust that would be willing to buy 40, 50, 60 units, no problem. Go ahead, sure. they're yours, right? That's and, and that's you know the developer. It's the ease of doing business. It's it's an opportunity for them to sell out their condo much quicker and and be able to turn their money around faster. And what it results in is these vacant, you know, these vacant units, yeah. right? So, 
I mean, in meantime, what, all the other people who actually live there are going elsewhere, right? And probably paying a lot more, a, a lot more. Yeah. It's, it's it's driving up the prices. It's it's you know it's driving up the rental prices. It's driving up the housing yeah. prices. It's and I mean it's you know somebody might look at, at a one percent tax and just say you know I'm willing to do it. Like right. you know I'm going to hang on to these units for three four years and then and then get rid of them you know one at a time mm-hmm. no problem. But um. I mean, it, it, will they flinch at it? Maybe some people might sell theirs, but is it going to have a huge effect? You know, probably not. People, people in 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 China that you know that own these houses might not even know about it, yeah. right? <laughs> they might they might get a tax bill and just think it's normal and just pay it. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Yeah. You know That's what I mean? It's, it's it's not. It's it's how do you relay that information to to someone that you know isn't isn't you know doesn't know about what's going on in right. our our current. So I'll put you on the spot. Uh, we got we got two uh, minutes in here. If you guys are running for Prime Minister of Canada and you're looking at this housing affordability issue, <laughs> what would be your plan? Like what 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 would be most beneficial? I I definitely would uh, help out with the first time home buyers, the people that uh, have a great credit rating, they got a great job, yeah. and just don't have the money. I think those people, and there's a huge percentage of them out there, can afford to own a home. They just can't afford to. They just been behind the eight ball and trying to save money. Mm-hmm. I would try to work a way trying to get to get so, them to own, have home ownership. And yeah. I think they. And you know what? I think it's the best. That's what I would do. I think if you can borrow your down payment against the mortgage, um, and figure out a way to do that, it would it would definitely help. There's there's tons of people out there that can afford a two thousand dollar mortgage payment. But they did. They they just couldn't save for the down payment, down payment so they're yeah. they're stuck in, in in this world of renting that you know they're not building equity, they're not building yeah. towards their future. They're, yeah. they're they're renting, and you live with the anxiousness of you know your landlord selling. You live with the anxiousness of of not being able to own your own home mm-hmm. when home ownership is important to you. So those people, I think, should have the opportunity. So maybe to build own. a giant fund of money, and that's the down payment fund, and then you that's eventually it. pay it back. Uh, still, imagine to that pitch. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, the buyer wanted the house and the car. The seller countered with a cat. We'll get to that and a whole lot more still to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Hey, welcome back, and thanks for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Download the podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast, whether it's Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Email the Golfie team, questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that email address is questions at robgolfie.com. You can call them anytime at 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob G O L F I dot com. My name is Rick Samprin in studio this fine Saturday morning with Rob and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarp. In Realty, the Golfie team. Spirited discussion uh, this morning on a variety of issues, including this one. So, uh, Canadian home sales edging higher in August, prices up 3.9% year over year when we're comparing August 2018 to August 2019. The Canadian Real Estate Association raising its forecast for home sales this year as well, saying uh, mortgage rates are going down, the economy is doing yeah. well. So, the outlook is very positive for the nation. And I'm assuming. Uh, because you guys are very busy and selling homes like uh, there's no tomorrow, that that's the case here in Hamilton as well. It's it's a positive market. It is. 
is. It is. It is a positive market. And everybody always says, how long can this keep going? And sometimes sometimes markets flat flatline. Like markets change week by week. Right. Like in Hamilton, Toronto, and Niagara, you'll find uh, certain, you know, it, it, it changes week by week. And I'm sure the same thing with uh, the stock market. But uh, no, it, it's moving along well. Uh, it, 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 everybody always says, how long could this keep going? Everybody's waiting. You know what? As, like I said, as long as they're bringing 300,000 immigrants into Canada every year, that's what's driving it. Mm-hmm. So now you got babies that are born, also immigrants that are coming in. And the immigrants that are coming in, they, the majority of them have money. They've, they're, they're, you know, they're, bring, right. they, and, and they're buying houses within six months of, of, of uh, coming into Canada. And it's not like we have to wait 25 years for this baby to be born and grown up mm-hmm. to buy a house. We're getting them instantly coming into this country. So they're really a different kind of home buyer, a first time home buyer, because they have that equity. They have that cash. They have the cash. Like in the, in the, in the 50s and the 60s, and even part of the 70s, people were coming here with five dollars in their yeah. pocket that's it and they had to make a life for themselves and buy a house and all that like people were you know when they're when they're immigrating into canada getting off the boat from all, all different uh, areas of europe and and elsewhere they basically had had to start making a life like like so the economy was moving but not as fast as it is now mm-hmm. now if they stop the border say hey no more people coming in right now would that slow the economy down yeah it would because um, like look at look at Japan. Now they're losing uh, residents out of Japan. Yeah, their population's going down. Their yeah. population's going down. They've got empty neighborhoods. Yeah. Now yeah. these neighborhoods are empty because there's not enough people to live there. Can you imagine the builders out there? They're not building houses because mm-hmm. there's there's an abundance of homes for sale. And yeah. and uh, you know so that that's a change. So so you got a country there that's losing residents, and we got a country here that's gaining residents. Now we have to keep that going for. Forever now, yeah. like we have to, we got to keep that going if we yeah. want to keep the economy going. The day we shut the doors down, say, hey, listen, let's not bring any more immigrants. We got enough people. <laughs> we got enough people. Then you're going to see a difference in the economy, yeah. Yeah. and, and it, it'll do a big swing. Hundred uh, percent. So the Canadian Real Estate Association saying that national home sales now projected to rise to four hundred eighty-two thousand units this year. That's up five percent from twenty eighteen. In June, CREA predicted sales to climb one point two percent to four hundred sixty-three thousand this year. So, you know, if you're looking into your crystal ball uh, uh, towards twenty nineteen, would you like it to replicate twenty eighteen as opposed to? Uh, pardon me, to 2020. Would you like more of 2019 as opposed to 2018? Yeah, I think Next we're year? in a good market. 2019 right seems to be a lot more stable. Yeah, it is right? more it stable, is. And, it, and, it, and it's a healthier market it's way for, healthier. for everybody. Uh, 2018 was still a, a, a good market, and 2017 was just crazy. That was nuts. Yeah. So, but I, I, I think a more normal market is advantageous to everybody out there like no matter like businesses and consumers and everybody it's yeah. it's it's it, it, that's the best way and let me tee up this because this needs some explaining and it might bleed into our next segment hmm. so this is uh, an article i think it was out in the uk where an individual wanted to buy a house uh, and this happened 20 years ago before the banks would get uh, a little you know uh, squirrely about uh, these types of things. So the house uh, was up for sale. It was shown to this person's client. And in the garage was a beautiful 1965 Ford Mustang. And you could tell that it was taken care of, you know, with spick and span, nice and clean, all waxed up. The client said he would buy the house if the seller left the car. Wow. And this was the first time that this agent had ever encountered, you know, an, an offer like this. And they uh, said uh, that uh, the seller will never sell the car. So... 
No doubt about it. Yeah, the house is for sale, but the car is not. However, the next day, the agent calls and says, okay, the seller will leave the car if the buyer pays full price, but the buyer must also take the cat. (laughs) So this individual who's selling the house, who had the car as well, also had a cat, but no longer wanted the cat. So the offer stood, got to pay full price. You have to, uh, yeah, you'll get the car, but you have to keep the cat as well. And uh, on the day escrow was closing, the only things left behind were two cat bowls and the car. The cat lived with my client for the next 10 years and even moved with him to his next house. I don't know what he did with the Mustang. Very interesting. Very, Very interesting. So, but but with that sale in Canada, the buyer of the house would have to pay taxes based on the value of that Mustang. So that would be included. That that'd be on a really? side because that's that's something that the wow. yeah. So he would have to go to the uh, MTO and and, and register. <laughs> yeah. Like even though he got the car for nothing, including the house, yeah. he'd, he'd still have, have to, to pay. Uh, you know, whatever. You know, when you do, you pay taxes based right, on. Right, right. On the, on the vehicle, the, the, the value, they would consider that. Interesting story. One more go-around. When we come back, you are listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Last go-round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpman Realty, the Golfie team. Find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Remember, Golfie gets it sold, so call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Like Rob Golfie on Facebook. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. So in our previous segment, we talked about a house in the UK years ago where a buyer not only bought the house, but he wanted the 1965 Mustang that was in the garage. He got the Mustang, but uh, there was another clause in this contract where he had to take the cat as well. (laughs) And he ultimately took the cat and then moved to another house with the cat. And you have a story about a cat. Yeah, our team has had had this happen in a situation of a a deal. Um, It it wasn't mine particular, but it was actually my brother's and another sales representative, Nick Fortunato. And Nick was the buying realtor. And, and what happened was the sellers were, were moving up into an old age home. And there's no pets allowed or, or something like that. So they wanted to make sure that the that the buyers, you know, would assume the cat. So, <laughs> you know, they, they went back and forth in conversation. And, and, you know, the purchaser said, yeah, you know, we'll assume the cat. So, you know, we didn't know how to make sure or how to include it in the agreement of purchase and sale. Right. But in the chattels, we included Gizmo the cat. <laughs> <laughs> and we attached a picture of <laughs> Gizmo really? the cat in, wow. in, the, in, the, in the sale. On the offer. On yeah. the offer. And, and, you know, everything got accepted. And, you know, both parties were happy. And, you know, this cat was going to be there on closing. But wow. when it got to the lawyer's office, right, the lawyers are reviewing <laughs> the paperwork. They, you know, they're looking at the agreement and, and they're saying, you know, what the heck's going on? Like, like, how do we, you know, 
you know how how what do you do, how do you trade a cat in a in a real estate deal? Like it just yeah. doesn't make sense. So yeah, yeah. What ended up happening? I'm not sure how it all went down or, or or what the what the thing was, but it was kind of a uh, everybody kind of looked at each other and said, you know, what do we do here? Right. right? Yeah. You know, and I think it just resulted as you know it was just a handshake agreement deal, and right. You know, the cat was taken out of That's the deal. Just amazing. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how many. You know, there there was one that uh, the guy had a donkey, right? <laughs> A and donkey. A donkey. Yeah. So, and it was up on. Uh, I think it was up on uh, Kemp. No, not Kemp. I can't remember. It was on the Grizzly Mountain. And this donkey lived at this this farm, and they didn't want uh, this donkey to go to another place. So the new buyer assumed, assumed the donkey. The, the donkey. And <laughs> so anytime somebody would drive up the driveway, it would hee haw. Wow. Uh, you know, like it was like a dog. You know how dogs bark when sure. they see a car. This donkey would would. You know, do, yeah. do his little hee haw on uh, uh, in this little stable That's there, incredible. saying, "Hey, somebody's here." But wow. it was pretty cool. Yeah, this donkey was uh, was a permanent resident of this uh, property. That's amazing. So a it was little good. bit a little bit untraditional in comparison to your, you know, the, the buyers asking for the riding lawnmower, the snowblower. That's what we. <laughs> that's what we get a lot. You know, if oh, if, you, if you throw in the if you throw in the lawnmower, I'll, I'll, you know what I mean. We we get right. that all the time. Yeah. And I always say to people, I go, "Hey, listen, that's a nice lawnmower. Anybody who walks through this house and and, and is going to buy it is asking for that so if you want to keep it get it out right now really, before eh? they walk through yeah, i always tell, say that we tell them to you get have rid of- to because it, it, it would kill your deal wow. right yeah. where, where somebody's like well i'm not giving up on the lawnmower now it's a negotiation topic that shouldn't even have been there in right. the first place because it's and a lawnmower it's a lawnmower but the buyer is getting you know it gets personal it's like well i'm not going to buy your house unless you yeah. give me the lawnmower wow and yeah. the seller's saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm taking the law. You know what I mean? Whether it's a snowblower, lawnmower, whatever, right? Wow. I always say, like, if there's something that, that's prized and whatever, yeah. you know, and a seller can kind of go after it and put it in the, the, the negotiation as a negotiation topic, people will take advantage of that. So your recommendation is to put it in storage, get put it at somebody else's house, just out get of it sight, out of there. Out of sight, out of mind. They wow. didn't even know about it. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And so that not not necessarily has to be attached to something. As no. you, I mean, a lawnmower is just sitting there, right? Anything's negotiable in a real estate yeah. deal, right? Whether it's a TV, a sound system, a lawnmower, a, a, a snowblower, it's it's anything. anything's negotiable. But what you'll see is, you know, if it's a long driveway or a big yard and they've already got this lawnmower, it just right. protects the buyer from going out and having to buy a, you know, a three $4,000 machine or whatever sure. on closing. It's a, it's a way for them to include it in the mortgage and, and now they have it and, uh, and they're not making payments on it and, and, and right. whatever, right? Uh, so how's Gizmo the Cat doing now? Do we know? Yeah, it's living happily ever after. It's, <laughs> it's a pretty good story. It's something that we always laugh about. And uh, it's uh, it's so fun. People can't believe it. But yeah. you, uh, you'll never be surprised about about the things that we come across or, or you know, happen to be a part yeah. of. I'm not throwing a challenge out there, but there is a realtor in Kelowna who's promised to get a tattoo. This is a 10 by 10 inch wow. fire-breathing unicorn on his back. If he can raise $10,000 for this certain charity out in Kelowna. So maybe something for the golfy team to consider <laughs> if you want to raise some money. <laughs> Get some tattoos. I think he's getting the tattoo anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, 10 by 10 inch. That's a big that's tattoo. That's a big, big tattoo, tattoo. Yeah. on your back yeah, of a no fire-breathing unicorn. Yeah. I'm not sure what uh, prompted him to get that particular um uh, design, you know he's, yeah, but good for him. I mean, he's know, raising money for charity. You know, it sounds like it sounds like a guy I know and is... Uh, um, and I met. I think I might have met this guy because he does a lot of fundraising, and uh, and I remember sitting across from him one time at, at a function of Remax, and uh, he was asking everybody in the room, "Listen, you got money? I'm raising money for these kids, and I need I need your help." And 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 ever since then, 
he that's all he does wow he does great guy great i'm just i'm going blank on his name right now i know this guy we'll get on another show we got to run guys thanks for coming in fantastic show as always and thank you for listening to the hamilton real estate show we're back next saturday at nine on 900 chml